0: What's your weird story?
1: Hello, Weirdsville! How is everybody doing out there? We hope you are having a wonderful summertime. And if you're listening to this episode new, it is summertime. But whenever you're listening to us, we hope you're having a wonderful time because we always have a wonderful time when we're here together with you on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. I am your host, Adam Beebe, but I'm not your single, solo, exclusive host. No, I share this host chair with uh, my oldest friend in the world. My um, Not like he's, you know... 800 years old but like i've known him as a friend the longest um that and that friend of course as you all know is the smiling sensei mr barry johnston hello barry how are you
0: hello professor how are you sir
1: i am doing well thank you very much
0: uh i know that you have uh you've recently been on uh, a little bit of a vacation slash uh little adventure how 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 were your travels
1: they were good, man. Uh, what I did is I went down over uh, a weekend to North Carolina where my mom and my sister and my sister's two boys live. So I went down there because my mom was uh, out of – they all live in the same town. And my mom helps my sister out with the boys whenever uh, you know my sister has something to do or one of the boys has something to do. They're teenagers. One of them is a golf player. And so he has tournaments and stuff to go to a lot. So uh, most of the time, he's he's the older of the two, Finn, and the, most of the time, Rhett, the younger of the two, goes along uh, with you know my mom uh, or with my sister. Yeah. You know yeah. as they travel. But uh, my sister and Finn, the oldest, had a wedding to attend in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, uh, like I said, my mom was out of town, so she couldn't watch over uh, Rhett. And Rhett couldn't go because it was an 18 and over wedding.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And I think that's mainly because there was an open bar and stuff like that. I don't think it was kind of like, you know, any kind of like... um, you know, adult-themed right, kind right. of wedding. I think it was actually, you know, like very conservative on one side of the family getting married. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, they called in uh, a favor from Uncle Adam to uh, come down and um, you know just hang out with and with Rhett and uh, you know just kind of like chill. Uh, while mom and and my and brother were away, and my mom was also away, so yeah, so I went down there, and um, my uh, my sister and she hung out. We hung out uh, one night, and then she went to the wedding, and then she decided that she wanted to hang out with me more than the the other people. So she and Finn came back. Oh,
0: nice, nice.
1: And uh, we we hung out. And, um, you know, uh, basically, we, uh, Rhett and I have a lot in common. He likes music a lot. Nice. So I took him to a friend of mine's uh, record store in, in Raleigh. Nice. Uh, the I, Nice Price Books, in fact, is what it's called. And, I, and um, a couple of my buddies bought that a few years, well, almost, gosh, almost 10 years back now that I think about it. Uh, but yeah, we went in there. And uh, I looked at, like, they have used books and records and new records and vinyl and CDs and all that stuff. Really cool place. It's been there forever, but it's, you know, they haven't had it for a while. But Nice. Anyway, we went there, and, uh, you know, he bought him a couple of... uh, Records on his own accord, he picked them out.
0: You know, he find anything and, uh, good, any good dude, stuff.
1: He he did, he did. You know, he's. He, I'm surprised at the eclecticness of the taste that he has, yeah. And how he's, and how he's been influenced. I don't know. I guess everything you know from um, social media must be it. But like, because um, I was asking him, like you know, kind of what he was into, because he lives in a small town and he's 14. You know, yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, I know pop music is not there i know that he grew up on um you know listening to a lot of like 80s stuff so he loves the yep, 80s stuff yep. um but he so he what he um bought was he bought michael jackson off the wall oh wow uh, yep which he's a huge and ever wow. since he's a little kid, huge Great. huge michael jackson fan sure and you know and he and he's like you know and th- this better uh, this record is definitely superior to uh to you know thriller uh you know with just a number of songs and he really like you know broke it down <laughs> right. telling me, yeah. it up, that's you know? great and then he bought a uh, uh mf doom uh double lp uh which is like some serious head hip-hop stuff i mean nice. like it's like mf it's he's he mf doom if you've never heard of mf doom amazing he would perform on stage with a mask an iron mask like dr doom okay from the comics um nice and he is one of the he's one of the people that a lot of rappers especially underground rappers but just a lot of like rappers and hip-hop artists consider to be the best nice at like everything but he's not Somebody who's ever been really on the radio or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, so, like, you know, I was very like, I was like, "Wow, okay, dude, cool, cool." He's like, "Yeah," and he's just like, "I didn't know this he was like, "You know, I was thinking maybe that or maybe, you know, this Aphex Twin." I'm like, "What? What are yeah. you? Where are you getting this stuff?" Yeah, man? no kidding. That's so. great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he's got I, a good developed.
0: That's great, man.
1: You know, a sense of music of taste and variety so you know hopefully i'm you know i you know rubbing that hopefully that comes from my my genes yeah uh obviously not directly but indirectly uh you know um (laughs) but uh but yeah and we went and we watched um we watched uh asteroid
0: city uh which is the new west how is that man it looks good It's good. It's weird. Uh, But it's good. I mean, yeah, he's he's known to be a little bit off the wall. It's a
1: little bit more like meta and like it's very very interesting. And it's kind of like reality bending. It's very surreal, but um incredible cast. Um that quirky style of story and storytelling that he has um, you know, beautifully composed. Yeah. Shots
0: and yeah, scenes. yeah, like, dude. I mean,
1: there were yeah. so many times that I was just like, "Oh my god, look at
0: how that's put together." Yeah, he's masterful for yeah. sure. Is Steve yeah. Carell in that? Who's in that? Yes, one? He is. Yes, he is. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. There's
1: so many people in it; it's hard to name all. Uh, but dude, Steve Carell is in it, and that's uh, a good fit,
0: man. I like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that the 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 as I was told by my nephew, Rhett, that. Uh, Bill Murray was supposed to be in the part that Steve Carell took, but I guess there was a scheduling conflict, so uh Bill couldn't show up, so they got brought in Steve Carell. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, who brings his own different level of um I mean, it's a different take on it would have been a totally different take on the character. Yeah. Um, and so it's really it's but yeah, it was really good. I would re- definitely recommend it um for sure um just a really good film and then we went and we watched into the spider-verse the second of the miles morales animated spider-man movies okay and uh those are just great those those are great the stories are great even if you're not into like you know superheroes or spider-man stuff or cartoons really even um they're really really incredible because there's there's a lot of style there's great stories yeah um you know, it was fantastic. And like, I had seen it before, uh, but he hadn't seen it. So I was like, Oh dude, we gotta go see that.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, um,
1: that's awesome, man. He and
0: I went watch that,
1: and then my mom and I went and watched the new Indiana Jones. So I
0: watched. Oh yeah, man. So
1: I went, my mom got back into town, and so yeah. So then she I saw I that too,
0: it. man. I saw the new yeah, Indiana Jones. It was yeah, good. yeah, I liked it. Dude. I thought it was good too, man.
1: I don't know why people are shitting on. I don't the know it either, man. He's, you know, this guys, eighty years old. You know, I don't expect right.
0: Like you did, right? You know, forty years ago, a hundred percent, dude. And you know, that I judge a movie by how quickly it moves. As far as like, yeah. does it feel like it's lagging? And I always felt like that was—I—I uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I'm same with you, man. I don't know why people were slagging on it. Um, so anyway, yeah, I—I, I, uh, yeah, that's a—you know, that's that's cool. I thought that seeing it in a big theater was the way to go. It just added to the Absolutely. size size of the movie. Um, I also thought that, you know, spoiler alert, I thought that the um, the way that they had the time travel sort of in there was another wrinkle to the thing that was cool, mm-hmm. man. I thought mm-hmm. it was good, dude. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. If You know, people need to get out of their own way sometimes when it comes to fucking... Yeah,
1: yeah. You'll have to put like a two or three second pause in between without spoiler alert, so people will know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know, definitely go check it out. Um, You know, uh, yeah, really, really, really fun, really fun, and it fit. I thought it fit within the whole. Indiana Jones type of uh, you know universe that canon that kind of stuff and and as far as like legitimately you know this will legitimately gonna be unless they recast him you know let's say recast uh, Harrison Ford with you know with somebody else in 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 the uh, Jones Indiana Jones shoes um, which they could do and I would be fine with it as long as it you know somebody who gets that you know kind of. Um, like when they did Solo, when they did the Star Wars movie about Han Solo when he was younger, right. I, thought that, I thought that guy did a great job being a young Han Solo, yep. let him be young Indiana Jones and give us some more Indiana Jones movies. I absolutely.
0: I yeah, absolutely, I agree, and I'm, I'm sure that's probably where they'll go.
1: I hope so, because I love the Indiana Jones stuff, and even the kind of, like, if you ever watch the old television series, uh, The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, um, that's a great that was great you know and you, you, I think it's on Disney Plus now with all the other Disney uh the all the other Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, but uh, anyway, enough uh you know shilling for uh or well, an un, unadverti- un, unpa- uncompensated advertising for uh for Disney uh with uh, the the man and Indiana Jones. Um <laughs> let's get into this week's episode And let's talk to this week's guest
0: Yeah, we have uh, Christy this weekend She has a really, really cool life And mm-hmm. she gets into what she does with her twin sister And they have a really, really cool thing That they work on together And uh, they've got cool things that are happening As we speak, new projects that they're doing it's based around uh, ghost hunting, and uh, always fun to talk to folks that are in that field and enjoy doing that, so that they can enlighten us on these things.
1: Joining us today from Tennessee, uh, the, the 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 Nashville, the, what is it, bluegrass? No, that's Kentucky. I don't know the Tennessees.
0: Uh the it's volunteer state. The volunteer volunteer state. Yeah. state. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for volunteering that information. joining us today from from Tennessee is Christy. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. What's your weird story?
2: Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation today. And uh, my weird story is that I am a paranormal investigator. So I've traveled oh. to uh, numerous locations across the country, uh, really detailing the history of those locations and then coupling that with any unexplained um, evidence that we find to support the paranormal. Wow. So I've been Yeah, so my twin sister and I, we formed a team called Soul Sisters Paranormal, and we started that back in 2014, and to date, we've been to um, several dozen uh, haunted and historic locations, again, really telling the historical narrative of those locations, and then coupling that with um, the unexplained.
0: Wow. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. That's so cool.
1: First off, before we get really into it, I, I mean, you're a twin. So, are you, yeah, so, you know, you've also known, you had, I'm guessing your best friend uh, since, you, you know, your mom was pregnant with you both. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, does that, do you have, does that, do you, with twin powers, twin, and all of that ESP and all of that stuff, do you have that? Is that real for you?
2: It is, you know, and to your point, my sister Jenny, she is my best friend. And um, it is one of those things where, you know, siblings are close, but twins just have that innate closeness. Yeah. And I do think we put that to good use in paranormal investigations. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that we're empathic per se, but she and I have an ability to really know what the other's thinking, to read, um, you know, each each other and, and kind of play off that. Uh, so it really makes investigating uh, interesting. When when I get to do it with Jenny. Sure.
1: Wow. I would imagine. So to me, it seems like that would be, uh, I mean, it's almost like, well, it's, uh, it's almost like having another one of yourself. It's almost like having a twin. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah.
2: That's it's exactly really cool it.
1: You know, your references are going to be virtually similar. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They're the exact same for what you're observing and, and all of that. So that makes it really, scientifically speaking, that makes it really, really interesting that you have, you know, because your brains are going to probably process it. In similar fashion, if not the exact same way. So, interesting. Yeah. stroking my chin, uh, (laughs) dear listeners.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Cool. Well, so so you started in 2014 or you started before then, but just really started in...
2: We've always had a fascination with the paranormal. So, we would watch television shows such as, you know, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and such. But we always, you know, kind of found ourselves watching those shows and saying, why didn't they ask this question or why didn't they stay longer here or use this technique or couldn't they have done this or that? Um, And we really said to ourselves, if we ever had the opportunity to go on a paranormal investigation or conduct one ourselves, we would jump at that opportunity. So in 2014 um, we took a girl's trip. It was myself, my twin sister, um, our younger sister, um, some family friends. And we went to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is where the West Virginia state penitentiary is located. Ah. And, And, and that's where, my mom grew up. So we had a family friend that sat on the board of the West Virginia State Penitentiary. And he said, you know, while you're here for your girls trip, why don't you just take one of the nights and and stay in the penitentiary and see if you can connect with our resident spirits? So it was a very rudimentary investigation. We took a couple of voice recorders, a couple of cameras. Um, I think we had one night vision camera that was just basically a kid's toy. and um, But we left that experience with what we felt was unexplained evidence, uh, i.e. footsteps running um, when we knew that there was nobody in a a certain cell block doors slamming male voices when there wasn't any men in that particular area. And it was just a fascinating experience for us. So what we wanted to do at that point was really form, um, what we would consider a professional paranormal investigation team. Um, because paranormal, it it really is seen as a subculture. And what we wanted to do was really kind of as best as we could elevate that more into a more mainstream conversation. And, uh, so, you know, we had our our, um, our logo created, we came up with our name, uh, we had a theme, uh, we commissioned some theme music, um, and then what we wanted to do with each of the investigations was really to first highlight the historical component of each of the locations that we visit, and then, like I said, couple that with any unexplained phenomena that occurred the night of the investigation, And um, because we felt the history was really the driving force of what we do. Uh, and so that's how Soul Sisters was really started, and uh, that's how we've continued to this day
0: wow that's cool
1: that's really awesome i think that the focusing so much on the historical aspect of it and knowing how that narrative could potentially you well you could use it to interpret what's happening i think mm-hmm. that's a, and then again i think it's another really good approach uh for going you know deciphering what's what potentially is what's going on
0: mm-hmm. um
2: yeah, and, and to your point, that's really what we wanted to do. So, for example, um, the uh, the Lizzie Borden house, right? Most mm-hmm. people know the story of Lizzie Borden. Um, yeah. You know, she she gave her uh, mother and father so many whacks, um, but that's really where most people stop uh, mm-hmm. on that historical component. So to go back and really research who she was, research her family, and then after the murders, uh, when she was acquitted, to follow that up with the rest of her life. Yeah, you know, that's typically what we do. Stuff like that, because most. Mm-hmm people, they don't, they, they only know the surface level historical narrative of these locations. And Mm -hmm. we really want to delve into it and say, no, this is important because not just for this factor, but for all of the factors surrounding the location. Um, and our hope is that with, if if we can do that, if we can show our audience, listen, it's so much more broad than just defined by one event. Um, then maybe we can get some preservation efforts into it. Uh, people will want to visit it. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So that's really kind of how we approach our investigation. That's
0: cool. The, have you been to, have you done B- Lizzie cool. Borden? I yes, went, I yes. went there, uh, almost let's see, a year and a half, almost two years ago. And mm-hmm. it was so cool. We did the yeah. tour and our tour guide was awesome. And mm-hmm. I tried to get her on. We're still trying to make that happen. I don't know whether or not it will, but, um, mm-hmm. she had written a book, I think, or two about it. Um, What are your thoughts on her? I, you know, it's interesting because like most people, it stops at, she murdered her, her family, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just, but there's so much more to it. There could be Mm -hmm. so much more to it. Where, where do you land in that, on that story? Do you have any thoughts on it?
2: Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Um, you know, first of all, for those who have not been to the house, it, it's much different than when you see it on television. Right. Yeah. Um, it's very disjointed. You've got to walk through some rooms to get to another room. And yep. it's it's much smaller than typically what's, per, what's portrayed on television. Right. Right. And so. In my mind, she self-admittedly put herself in the house. And so I don't think that she could have been in the house and not have known about the murders because Abby Borden was actually killed about 90 minutes before Andrew Borden was Mm, killed. And that's a very important factor because at that point, um, as soon as Abby Borden was killed— at that moment, all of her assets transferred to Andrew Borden. And so when he was killed, all of his assets transferred to Lizzie and her sister. Sure. Now, if it would have been the other way around, if if Andrew was killed first, all of his assets would have been transferred to Abby. And then at her death, it would have been transferred to her family, not um, uh, Lizzie and her sister so just just that fact alone is pretty interesting yeah, that is. Um, and and so to really kind of to like self-admittedly put yourself in the house and not know that those things had happened I think it's very unlikely so I do believe that she was involved yeah. um, uh, but what's very interesting to me is after she was acquitted she never left fall river mm-hmm. uh, she you know she stayed there and, uh, and kept that that criticism kept you know that criticism followed her through her lifetime and you know she died, um, at the age of 67 in 1927. And, but to me, if, if I would have been acquitted of that, I would have just taken the inheritance and left and, you yeah. know, go to somewhere that right. nobody knew me. Um, but so I think really to follow that story out, um, to when she died, I, I think that's a very interesting perspective that a lot of people don't, don't really sure. tend to latch onto.
0: Sure. Do you think, why do you think she stuck around there out of arrogance or, ignorance? Honestly, I, I think
2: it was her home. I, yeah. I really do. I think it was her home. I think she did love it, um, and she was accustomed to it, um, and she just decided to stay. It, it, when she died, she actually willed all of her uh, money to the Animal Rescue League of Fall River. So I do believe that she had compassion. I do believe that she had a heart. I, do, uh, I don't I do know the mitigating circumstances of what led her to do what she did. I do believe that she, she participated in the murders, mm-hmm. whether alone or with uh, Bridget Sullivan, the maid. Um, uh, so I I'm not. I, I'm not privy to those circumstances, yeah. um, nor would I want to conjecture about them. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that she did it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I think that she just stayed because she, at that point, really didn't have anything to hide.
0: Our tour guide told us about what is it a? Was it an uncle or there was an uncle? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that came in, and it was some weirdness that was surrounding him. I don't remember the yeah. exact stuff. Um, Pertain to that. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I believe his name was Uncle, uh, Uncle John. Okay. And I believe that's what his name was, and and you know he just happened to come in that same the night prior and all of that, and so, you know, again, there could have been multiple people involved, but I know that she and uh, Bridget Sullivan had self admitted being in the in the house, and if you've been to the house, I personally don't think that there's any way. That those murders could have happened and you did not know about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because there's no hallways. There it's it's a very like sim like a simple floor plan, like room, 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 room. There's a staircase that goes upstairs, but once you hit that landing, you got, I think, you go into one door or you go into another door, and then it's Mm -hmm. another room, another room. So it's very small. And it's Mm -hmm. very, but back then it would have been considered a pretty nice home.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm. Her dad was very well off, right? I mean, he was he was wealthy, right, for that time. Yeah. He was. He was. He had a lot of investments, but he lived as a miser, right. which a lot of people speculated was. Uh, you know, that was one of the consternation areas of Lizzie. Right. Uh, she right. wanted to to live more affluently right, than he right. did, and um. So you know that could have been a, a mitigating factor as sure. well. I, again, I don't know, but you know, to your point, when you walk up the stairs, as soon as you're about halfway up, if you look to the left, you you've got a direct line of sight to where Abby's b- body was found. Yeah. And so, again, if you're walking through that house or around that house, even being in the house, it, you, sh- you would have heard something. I mean, sure. you hit somebody in the head with an axe, it's you're going to hear it. Yeah. Um, and the, like the, I said, they had both been in the house.
0: The basement was the creepy part for me. I felt yeah. like it was weird, man. I don't know what, if it was just the layout or what, but it was just mm-hmm. like you go down in there. I don't know. Maybe that's just part of like being in the bowels of a house, too, that old. Mm-hmm. It's just like. I used to work in a really old restaurant built in the 1750s and you'd go into the where the beer cooler was was down in the basement and I'd get that same feeling just that like mm-hmm. this is old this is yeah. you know seen some stuff that's the, Absolutely that's the vibe I got anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah so for us it was a great experience it was a great investigation um, there were five of us on that investigation, all females. So it was myself, my twin sister, our younger sister, um, a, a friend of ours, and then Miranda Young from Ghostbiker Explorations, who's okay. an, uh, um, my best friend and uh, another paranormal investigator. And so we had the house for the entire night. We actually oh, that's stayed cool. there. Oh,
0: cool. Oh, wow.
2: Yes. So we got there on a, uh, on a Friday afternoon, and we stayed until uh, late Saturday morning. Uh, but th- what, how we conduct our investigations is as soon as we go into a location our voice recorders are on i mean even when we're pulling bags out of the trunk the very first thing we do is we put on our voice recorders uh that's just because we've had a lot of interaction um with spirits and locations even before the investigation starts yeah. and so we we happened to turn on all of our, our voice recorders and um there were a couple of us upstairs and jenny and cara were down in the parlor where andrew's body was found and we had put a voice recorder on the mantle in that room and they're just talking about the day just just you know talking about the drive up and all that other stuff and then they started talking about the Velisca axe murder house in iowa which we had been Mm -hmm. to before Mm. and the lizzie borden house and they started talking about the differences in the houses and then cara makes the comment she says um being axed to death would be a horrible way to die and the voice recorder picked up a man's voice saying, "It was." Whoa. And yeah, and so there's no men in the house, um, and so that to us is an intelligent response. It's it, it heard the conversation and it's responding. Now they didn't hear the voice in the moment. Right. It wasn't until we went back and listened to our audio that we captured this male's voice saying, "It was." Wow. Uh, so, so that was very telling. Um, and then during the night, there were all five of us were up in uh, Bridget Sullivan's room, up on that third floor. And we had the door shut, so we're all in the in the bedroom there asking questions. And um, um, Miranda had a, a device in her hand called a K2 meter, mm-hmm. and she was holding it, and then she just leaned over and she puts it on the ground, and she says, I'm going to put this down so you can play with it. And as soon as she did that, a man's voice out in the hallway says, ignore them. It was so loud. We all heard it in the moment. What? Jenny... Yeah, Jenny, who was standing by the door, she whips the door open to make sure that there's nobody in the hallway. And, of course, there wasn't. uh, But we all heard it in the moment. It was pretty wild. Wow. Wow. -hmm.
0: Wow. Did you get get creeped out? I just got creeped out.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know. You know, we do. There are those moments where we get startled. We have some trepidation. But, you know, for us, it's fascinating because now we've— we've had the opportunity to have this dialogue, right? Another intelligent response to a question that we've asked or a statement that we've made. And, uh, you know, for all of us there in the moment, it's absolutely fascinating because we're having this positive connection. And um, so, I mean, I can honestly say we've never run out screaming of any location that we've been to or anything like that. It's just uh, the nature of what we do. You have those unexpected voices or there's unexpected movements or yeah. something interacts with you during the night. And that's why we're there.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. Especially in such a historically, like that, that house is, you know, and and these other places that you've been to historically, to have, to have something like that to happen in that place mm-hmm. must be really special. It must be like, this, like, I could imagine it must be like, oh, this is what we came for. This is exactly mm-hmm. what you want when you go into something like that.
2: It is. And, you know, a lot of times we'll go into investigations and we won't have anything in the moment happen. It's just when we go back and we listen to the audio or watch the video that we capture during the night that we'll see something. Um, and that happens uh, probably more times than not in the investigations where, you know, we'll kind of leave and say, you know, it was awesome to be in this location, but we really didn't think we got anything. But right. then we go back and listen and, and um, watch our, our video and we find we, we get a lot of stuff. And I, I think the reason is, is Twofold. One, we're an all-female team, and I think females go in with this innate sense of empathy, uh, yeah. where you know we want—we're not there for bravado. We're not there um, to provoke or anything like that. We're legitimately there to learn the history of the house and to talk to any spirits that want to communicate with us and tell their stories. And I think because of that approach, we have—we tend to get some interesting results in most of the locations that we've gone. Um, and then the second one. is is we try to get down and really respect those spirits. We get down on their level, if you will. Um, So if we have a child, we we sit on the floor, we roll balls and toys and stuff. If we're trying to communicate with a woman, we have a different approach to that. Uh, We take what we call trigger items to these locations in an attempt to elicit a response from a spirit that may be present. Um, So for example if we go into a prison, typically we take, um, tobacco and cigarettes. Um, sometimes we'll take water or whiskey or something like that in an attempt to say, okay, these items are for you. If you communicate with us, we we can leave these for you. Uh, And I I think because we're recognizing them, um, I I think that's why we get interesting results.
0: Sure.
1: Wow. I think that there is probably, that you're right there probably is something to say about the fact that it's all women mm-hmm. on the team because there's that I mean that's a type of energy that's more nurturing and more yeah. you know as you said empathetic more open uh, to kind of you know what's going on not and whereas men you know tend to be more defensive or ag- or aggressive mm-hmm. Um you know, and, uh, you know, try to, pro- 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 like you say, provoke, like, you know, good old Zach Baggins yelling at the uh, at the ghost trying to get reactions right. out of him that way. Which right, Which to right. me is just, just, I don't know why you'd want to do it that way, but I guess, <laughs> well, I guess because it makes good television. I yeah, know.
2: sensationalism, absolutely. Yeah. Do you find think,
0: that, yeah, go ahead, Adam, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, again, that I think that, again, that it's really important that whenever you go... On these place to these places, uh, especially the more well known ones, that you um, really embrace the history, the actual history, because so much of the history that's out there is wrong. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's local legends, it's it's hearsay, it's stuff that's been passed down mm-hmm. for you know generations, and it's not exactly right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like like the everybody knows the Lizzie Borden. Uh, Nursery rhyme or whatever, right? But people don't know the full story. They don't know about her. You know, I mean, they don't know she had a sister, and about the maid, or about the uncle, or about any of that stuff, unless <laughs> they've done some investigation or watched, you know, uh, some programs or or listened to podcasts about it. You know, mm-hmm. or so it's really I, again, uh, I think it's super important that you're out there doing the real historical work, and I applaud you for that.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you how much prep goes into that when you go into a a new you know spot
2: a lot, actually. So, um, so for example, we'll be in a location in about a month, and so we've already started researching this location um, and getting some background information because the the background research really leads our questioning during the night. Um, it allows us to again formulate those trigger items. Uh, so, for example, when we went to um, Fort Mifflin, which is a Revolutionary War fort in Philadelphia, um, we did a lot of prep work for that because we. We needed to know certain individuals who were there so we found out that there was a guy by the name of William Howe who was killed on the fort for, for uh, treason and mm-hmm. that they held him in a solitary confinement cell so that allowed us to again formulate trigger items formulate questions uh, about what he did about his death and all of that so to answer your question we we start researching, you know, uh, about a month, a few weeks out, uh, really getting that background information and uh, formulating uh, how we're going to do the investigation, and then when we get there we always take a day tour beforehand really to acclimate ourselves to the location, you know, the rooms, the, the hallways, the stairways, whatever is in the location. Mm -hmm. uh, And that allows us to figure out where we're going to put our stationary items during the night. So stationary cameras, stationary voice recorders. So really doing some prep work during the day. So we're not wasting time at night. And then, and then when we go in during the night, We'll set up all those cameras, set up all the, the voice recorders that we have, bring out our handheld equipment, uh, and then just walk around and, and uh, do what we call EVP sessions or you know, essentially sitting in the dark and asking questions, if you will. Yeah. And then uh, when we're done, we collect all of the audio and video that we captured, and then we sit and we listen to every piece of audio that was recorded, and we watch every piece of video that was, a, was recorded. So if I've got 10 voice recorders running for 10 hours, I'm listening to 100 hours That's of a audio. That's
0: a lot, yeah. Yeah, it is it lot. really is yeah. and so that
2: that you know in and- I think that's the different. Obviously, that is the difference between a paranormal investigator and a YouTuber or an yeah. Instagrammer or a TikToker. Um, you know, they're in it for the instant gratification of being in a location, having a jump scare, uh, you know, connecting with their audience to get subs and likes. Whereas we're, uh, to, to my point earlier, bringing in that historical narrative. And so yeah. it does. It takes us about a month or two to go through everything and then put doing the final research and then put together uh, the documentation documentary video
0: how, how was Ooh. that philadelphia trip
2: Fantastic! It was fantastic. Um, so, uh, as I said, it was a Revolutionary War fort. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was used in the Civil War for both Confederate and Union soldiers as a prison. Um, then it held munitions during the Korean and Vietnam Wars. And so it's really been an active fort throughout mm. its lifetime. Wow. And, uh, yes, yeah, so it was, it was fantastic. And so uh, there were four of us that night. It was Jenny, myself, um, our, our younger sister Michelle, and our friend Cara. And um, so we had the entire fort to ourselves for the night and initially we weren't getting a lot of responses. We felt we weren't getting a lot of responses. And then coincidentally, uh, there's a bar across the river um, and they were having some type of a celebration. So they started letting off these fireworks. Mm. And it sounded like we're being bombarded. Wow. Um, Wow. Like like with bombs, right? And after that, we really got some interesting responses. Um, Also, we we put to use our trigger items. Um, One of the things that we did was we had um, five walkie-talkies And so we left four of them in different locations around the the, uh, fort, and we stood in the middle of the fort, and we um, projected out a drum cadence um, that was used in the Revolutionary War, again, to try to get responses Mm -hmm. in those locations, even though we weren't physically in them. And um, so we had things like, for example, we were in a casemate. And I said, what, uh, what's the name of your president? And we got the word Lincoln. Um, wow. uh, I, Michelle yeah, Michelle asked the question, what year is it for you? And a male's voice said 74. Um, and then we were in—go um, uh, back just a little bit. The the guy who was on the fort um, for treason, his name was William Howe, and they, they held him in a subterranean casemate. Um, that was probably, uh, I don't know— maybe 10 feet by 6 feet, the small, Mm. really small little uh, subterranean room. Um, And that's where he was held in solitary confinement. So we took some bread, some water and some cigarettes and we left them in that room for him. And we said, William, if you're in here, these things are for you. We're going to leave you to it through the night, right? Um, So we had set up a laser grid and a a night vision video camera in that room, that little room. And we had complete control of the environment because it was right in the doorway. There was no way to access it in any other fashion. And during the night, we had a shadow figure walk from right to left through the walls and cuts off the beams of the laser grid. And it was very, very compelling because you can see that that there's nothing, there's no way anything can enter that room. And then later on during the night, it was just Cara and myself inside that room. And I said, did you see, I said, we left you some water and we left you some cigarettes. And we got a male's voice that said, thank you. Very clear. We we both heard it. It was pretty wild. Um, So those were some of the things that were happening. Um, Again, very intelligent responses. They were uh, answering questions intelligently. um, And then even even when we weren't um, like actively communicating with them, when we were just, you know, getting snacks, if you listen to the audio, you can hear people talking while we're getting snacks um, in the in the base camp area. That's not us, uh, so that was pretty interesting. So it was a it was a great night for us.
0: That's cool. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. I love Fort Mifflin.
0: That's amazing. How like how often do you go into these situations? Because oftentimes I'll watch the TV shows and stuff and. They're always getting responses or they're always getting something. How often will you go into something and not get anything? I mean, does that happen?
2: Yeah, it absolutely happens. Um, So I'd say probably about 20% of the time we don't get anything. Wow. Um, That's actually pretty uh,
0: small. I mean, uh, considering, you
2: know? It is. It is. um, But, you know, there's there's these locations that do report to have um, haunting activity that we go in and and we don't say, oh, this place is not haunted. We just say this this wasn't our night. It, it, right. You know, mm-hmm. we ask questions, we set up equipment, um, and they just didn't respond to us. So we we don't make the judgment call on whether or not it's actually haunted or not. Right. Um, yeah. It's just us saying that it wasn't our night. Sure. Uh, so yeah, probably I'd say about 25 percent of the time, and then uh, the other times, even if we get one or two things, that to me is an amazing night. Sure, uh, you yeah. know, again, you've got this disembodied voice that you hear when you know that there's nobody else around. Um, if, if I just get one of those, that to me is a win. Sure. So, I mean, it's not one of those things like the popular television shows or TikTokers um, that have to have something constantly happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. That's just not, that's not how it is. Uh, you right. know, obviously going back to the word sensationalism, that's what most people are in it for right now. And it, that's not how it is.
0: Do you think that, this may be a loaded question, but who do you think does it right, if anyone, on TV that you've seen? Is there anybody out there that you go, okay, that they, they seem pr- pretty legit or you've heard good things about them?
2: Um, n- honestly... Not so much in, in the popular television shows. I think TAPS started out really well um, back in the early 2000s. Right. I think they were legitimate. Um, but then, then you know, you've got to build that audience base. You've got to keep the advertisers happy. And to yeah, do that, yeah. you've got to get people watching. And to do that, you've got to have, you know, jump scares and all of that other stuff. Um, we actually had a television show film here a couple months ago. And by here, I'm in the historic Scott County Jail in, uh, in Tennessee. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But we had a film crew film here. Um, and it was called Haunted Discoveries and I, I think it, that show is going to start airing in October and I really like their approach and the fact that they they came in they legitimately investigated um, they used very scientific means to do that um, and I, I'm really pleased with how they did it and I would say that uh, that that crew was probably one of the better ones um, and then there are a lot of paranormal investigators that don't have television shows that I think are doing it the right way. I mentioned Ghost Biker from Ghost Biker Exploration. Yes, she's my best friend, but we met because I was fascinated with how she did her investigations. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of other people in the paranormal community that um, that are out there putting out quality investigations sure. and really giving the history the forefront to what we do. Um, because I mean, let's be honest. There's there's thousands of paranormal investigators investigators out oh, yeah. there, not everybody's going to get a television show, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. one half of 1% may have an, a, a, a chance. I mean, right. we've been signed by two different production companies and we don't have a television show. Right. So it's, it is one of those things where, um, you know, th- there are people out there that understand like us that it's not in the cards for us to have a television show. And that's really not our, our driving factor. Uh, and, but they're out there doing it to find quality evidence.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important. Do you do in um, beyond
1: the investigations? Do you do anything where you try to like uh, like cleanse or uh, anything you know along that or. like, you know, to cleanse the spirits or or to get rid of you know the haunting. I guess
2: we investigate private businesses and homes, um, but we that's not my area of expertise, and I don't ever claim that it is. So if we go to a, a location, say a private home, we find evidence, and the homeowner or the business owner wants it removed, then I have people that I can call, you know, priests, demonologists, and stuff like that in my network that I know that handle that type of situation. Um, but for for us, really what we do is we go in and find the evidence. Right. Um, yeah. So that's just it's a it's a different level um, that I just don't feel comfortable going down yeah. to, no, to I, remove those. Yeah, well, have you
0: have totally, you totally have, understand? Yeah, <laughs> have you have you come across those type of in, in, entities?
2: Um, I'd say the closest that I came to we were doing a, a home investigation in Denver. Um, uh, the lady called us in and and she would had some claims about. Things touching her and stuff like that, and we did find evidence that there was a male presence living down in her basement. Um, and 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 we did call. Uh, I, I think I think at that point she wanted a shaman to come in. She uh, had Native American in her, um, and so she wanted a shaman come in. So we we did contact them, um, and then we kind of passed the case off and say this is uh, you know this is what they're experiencing. This is the evidence that we found. Um, now you you can work with her in what you do. Uh, that's really the closest. And and on. Honestly, back to the sensationalism part of what we do, um, There, I've, I've been to so many investigation locations throughout what we do, and I can honestly say I've never encountered anything negative or demonic um, that I would say that was threatening or malicious to myself or my team. Um, now, I'm not saying that we haven't encountered things that were, quote-unquote, darker, and by darker, I just mean... They were jerks in life, and they're going to be jerks in death, right? right? right. Um, so if you go to a prison, you're going to find those people who were rapists, were murderers. Right. That's why they were in prison. They're not the greatest of people in life, therefore not the greatest people in death. And so if we run across something like that where we have a get out or somebody just doesn't want to speak with us, that's fine. We leave a voice recorder in the area and just say, if you want to communicate with us tonight, this is how you do it. We recognize that this is your space, and we're going to leave you to it. Sure. Um, but we've never been threatened. We've never been, um, you know, uh, touched in any way um, that was hurtful. Now, there will be times where I'll say, if you're here, you can touch my hand or pull my pant leg or something like that. Um, But other than that, there's never been anything that we've experienced that would cause us to say, um, this is another level of of evil here.
0: That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, a psychic with you at all or?
2: No, we don't. Um, and that's just really kind of the nature of, of what we do with our technique. I know a lot of teams, they will bring in a psychic or something like that. And, and, uh, we may have the opportunity in the future to, uh, ask a psychic to come with us and just to kind of see if they can validate. But, um, Really, the hardest part about what we do is the logistics of it, um, because my sisters, we all live in different parts of the country. So, mm. getting us all together, getting a time right. that works, getting into the location, uh, and I know that that's a, a kind of a challenge for a lot of paranormal teams. Right. So, really, logistic-wise, we just haven't haven't brought on a psychic.
0: Sure, that is. I I like that approach too. That you know, it sounds like to me you're you're there with with some tools, some things. And you're just trying to get to the bottom of what's happening. What Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, recorders and other equipment are you using? Like what, 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 what would you, I mean, I'm sure it's all important, but what, what are kind of the, the main go-to pieces of equipment that you guys would bring on an investigation?
2: If I were only to take one piece of equipment on an investigation, it would be a voice recorder. Okay. Um, do you know? Don't need cameras or anything like that because for me. I feel the truest form of a spirit communication is going to be audio. And that is something that it is very difficult for me to debunk. So if, I've, if I'm have if i in a location and it's just Jenny and myself, so for example, um, we're at the USS North Carolina in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a battleship that was built in 1937. And she and I are the only two people on the ship. Um, and yet I'm capturing men's voices on my voice recorder. That's very very difficult for me to debunk because I know there there are no men with right. us. There's no right. men on the ship, uh, so it, it's it's very easy for me to say, okay, this is something that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. Videos um, and and pictures, you can always find. It's some level, a different explanation. Sure. Um, you know, and, and that's why we really analyze photos, we really analyze videos. And if I can find a natural cause of any sort, then I just don't even put it out there uh, because we can find that natural explanation. However, if it's something that I analyze and say, I, I cannot find an environmental factor that is causing this anomaly, then we'll present it as what we call unexplained. Now, if somebody wants to come back and say, okay, well, I think it's this, this, and this, then obviously we're going to have that dialogue uh, because I don't want to put out anything out there that, uh, that can be explained away. Um, So voice recorders for me is the number one go-to piece of equipment. Uh, After that, we do have night vision video cameras that we will set up in different locations around the property uh, just so we can have eyes and ears. Even if we're not in a room, we've got something recording there. Um, We use a variety of motion sensor lights uh, again, just to see if something will come on during the night. Um, so also, um, very cheap little, um, uh, sensors that measure vibrations. You can get them at Walmart. Um, so the idea being that if there's footsteps on the floor, then maybe the vibration bar will move up and down and we'll be able to see it. Uh, so we use those, um, and then there are different pieces of equipment that are, sort of designed for paranormal investigations things that measure energy so for example what we call k2 meters uh they measure electromagnetic energy or electromagnetic field so we use those okay um we use something called a spirit box which generally yeah yeah, generally speaking it's a small am fm radio that's been modified to very quickly sweep through frequencies yeah yeah. so when you turn yeah when you turn it on it will go every eighth of a second it's moving to another frequency so it sounds like as it's running through these frequencies the idea is that spirits can use the white noise to communicate with us through that mm-hmm. so we use that um we've got different um you know uh, uh pieces of equipment like um, that do measure vibration uh, measures temperature um uh, let's see i'm trying to think <laughs> um and that that's really kind of our, our go to really cool. those voice wow. recorders and lights and stuff yeah that is awesome
1: now uh Oh, I've had something completely blank, So I'll go to my backup question. Um, do you do you guys ever, um, you know, mess around with Ouija boards while you're uh, trying to communicate or discover something?
2: We don't. Um, and and the reason behind that is. Ouija boards just automatically Draw up a negative connotation when people Think if they're not in the paranormal world If I were just to talk to somebody on the street And say oh we use a Ouija board Obviously your mind is going to go to negative negative. And so yeah. for us we just don't use them We don't need to and yeah. uh, so that's something That we've never deployed and, and uh, We we won't in any of our investigations
1: We're really sc- we're, 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 we're scared of them we, don't, we watch too many A's horror movies <laughs> And we're growing up to be fucking with Yeah them. yeah we, for sure <laughs> Um, have you ever tried Okay, I remember what I was going to say before that But there was, there's the method that I've seen people do Where someone is Like they're blindfolded And then their ears are You know, they are you know Silence, you, they can't hear anything And they kind of just They just automatic talk Or like they respond like they're talking to something Or to someone or Whatever's coming into them, whatever's coming to mind They just start saying it And then somebody else uh, we'll ask questions, and I guess that, that there's supposed to be the channel. Uh, have you ever done that? And is, has that
2: yeah, so that's called the Estes method, and um, uh, there, there's one more part into that. So you're you've got headphones on that are connected to that spirit box, um, that AM/FM radio. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So once you put the earphones on, you you put um, you know noise-canceling headphones over that, and then you blindfold yourself. So essentially, you're going into a deprivation state where the okay. only thing that your mind is focusing on is that spirit box. So you cannot hear any questions that anybody else on the team is asking. And, um, yeah, so we've used this numerous times and with very interesting results. Um, so for example, I was doing a collaboration investigation with Miranda from Ghostbiker Explorations and we were at Henry River Mill, um, in North Carolina. And this is a, uh, an old mill village, uh, that was, um, used right after the civil war, it started to come, uh, these little mill houses were formed and this whole village formed around it. Um, so now it's abandoned and you can go and investigate. And so we were sitting in the old, uh, general store. And so she was probably, I don't know, 30, 40 feet from me. So she could not hear anything or see anything. Um, and I'm asking questions and just just so happens, I there was a deck of cards sitting beside me. So I pull out a card, a random card, and I say, can anybody tell me what this card is? And she yells out the number six, and it's the six that was on the card. Wow. Um, she, she didn't even know wow. I had picked up. Yeah. She did not even know that I had picked up the cards. Um, so that was just one example. Another example is, um, again, Miranda's in this one as well. We were at um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, which is in Petros, Tennessee. And uh, this pen, uh, penitentiary was built in 1896, it was in operation as a penitentiary until 2009. Um, and it was called the end of the line. It's I've heard it? of the that. worst of the worst, yeah, yeah, it's yes. one of the worst of the worst prisons. Um, and um. So, we were investigating. There were us, there was five of us on this investigation. So, Miranda was down in a cell and she had, you know, the noise canceling headphones on and the blindfold and all of that. And we were, again, probably about 30 feet down from her um, and just asking questions. Again, she can't hear us. Now, what's interesting about Miranda is her show is called Ghost Biker Explorations. And so, she had her t shirt on and her emblem is a motorcycle because she rides mm-hmm. motorcycles. So, it has a motorcycle. And um, so, during the the, the, um, during our session, she yells out the word motorcycle, which is kind of weird. Um, didn't even th- think about anything on her shirt. Uh, I was asking, "What year were you uh, in the penitentiary?" She yells out a year. I was asking, "What's your name?" She yells out a name. I said, "What were you in here for?" And she yells out a crime. Again, she can't hear these questions, yeah, but oh, yeah. it's it's the spirit responding through the spirit box that, and she she's just yelling out what she hears wow. through the headphones. Wow! Uh, so it's pretty wild. Yeah. Awesome. Christmas man. That's a,
1: that that's that's a technique that just really really fascinates me
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because it's like you know it's not I mean you know the, using a, a a Ouija board seems to be a lot more of a, a woo woo you know <clears throat> side whereas you you t- your approach seems to be much more grounded in you know technology and scientific mm-hmm. you know application and research of, of that manner so that's. That, that technique it seems like it's it's maybe somewhere in between but you know it's not as uh i don't know you're not you know you don't have the planchette and that kind of thing you're going around you're just you know they're just yelling out but they hear right. randomly yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly yeah, that's how it's connected to the conversation it seems like a not. much
0: much more difficult way to uh to fudge. You'd have to really have, yeah. a, you know what I mean? There's no, f- or little mm-hmm. fudgery that could happen with that type of a
2: Exactly. Thing. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, Cause you know, we don't go into it with preconceived questions or anything like that. Um, and that's, that's part of it. And again, they need to get far enough where they can't hear the questions that we're asking. And Blindfolded, so they're not seeing anything as well. So um, when we put those videos out, I mean, you can see us. She's in the cell. I'm, I'm videoing her putting the headphones on, her putting the blindfolds on, and then us walking all the way down the cell block. Um, And, and we're not yelling these words. I mean, we're just talking like you and I are talking. Um, It's not like we're yelling the questions out down the cell block. Um, It's just us talking, uh, and she yells out what she hears. Wow. Um, Now, I mean, there are things. There are people that don't really believe in the spirit box. They don't think it's a valid tool for mm-hmm. us. It just happens to be one of the tools that I really enjoy because we've gotten so many interesting responses off of it, um, yeah. stuff that I can't explain. Um, and another, as you know, we used it, um, at an investigation in Ocala, in Marion County, Florida, the Ma Barker house, and mm. um, there's a, there's a fascinating history behind mm. that. I love the history of the Ma Barker house, um, but that was one location where we had complete control of the environment. It was just Jenny and I in this location, and we had the spirit box. Now, the spirit box, as I said, it's going it's changing frequency every eighth of a second. So theoretically it should not say a full phrase because the chances of all of these radio stations lining up to say a completely full phrase when I want it to say a phrase, it's astronomical. right? Right? So we asked the question, we were upstairs and we asked the question, what happened in this room? And through the spirit box came the phrase, they murdered us. We the ones dead. And as you listen to it, you can actually hear the frequencies changing behind that. That statement. Uh, um, so that really is what solidified me on the validity of the wow. spirit box. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is so interesting. We've talked many times about just how weird this world is that we live in and like mm-hmm. so much we don't know and the ability for a spirit or something to reach out like that and, and to be able to communicate in that way is just like unbelievable, man. It's so interesting. And mm-hmm. and I think that there's a reason why people are interested in this type of stuff and, and a reason why these T V shows have become such a big deal is because people are tuned into it. They they you know, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. They 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 it, it is something that has interested a lot of people. And
2: mm-hmm. Well, and to your point, you know, not to interrupt, I mean, it's something that we're all going to experience, right? Yep, yep. Nobody's getting out of this world alive. Yep. Um, so it's, so I think everybody has that innate fascination or at least the question, right. what happens after this? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the other alternative is to think that one day we just shut our eyes and we cease to be. And to me, that's terrifying, yeah. Um, yeah. you know? So I yeah. think everybody has that curiosity and, and so, uh, and that's why I think there's always been a fascination with the paranormal and with afterlife. Yeah. Um and for us now to be able to say okay I, I'm staying in this location there're only two of us on site but yet I am hearing words I'm hearing phrases I'm I'm seeing things move when the laws of 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 nature are telling me things shouldn't be heard and things right. shouldn't be moving. Yeah. Um you know that to me is absolutely fascinating.
0: Absolutely. And it, what's the most Yeah.
1: what Sorry, Barry
0: No, 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 uh, go ahead
1: uh, What's the most du- direct kind of interaction that you've had Where, you know, where it's been something that's like it, You know, like it, it just hit you in the face It's It, it was so, <laughs> you know, basically So much, yeah. so like so I'm, I'm fighting, trying to find relevant words but,
2: no I yeah. understand which one the most uh, you know compelling for me yeah. um, I'll give you two so the first one um, it was at the USS North Carolina I, I just told you that Jenny and I investigated that location it's a, it's an amazing battleship with an amazing uh, yeah. history yeah. and um, so she and I and, and this is we didn't hear this in the moment but she and I were walking down um you know through the through the ship and if you've never been the hallways of this ship um, and the the bulk heads and stuff are very narrow. And so it's easy to hit your elbows as you're going through some of these doorways and hatchways and such. And so we were going down into the medical facility and we had set up a laser grid and stuff beforehand. And so we're going down there and you hear me, I've got this on video. You hear me say, do you want to sit down here and do some EVP work? And Jenny says, yes. And as we walk in, there's a man that says, just watch your arms. Um, I mean, it was crystal clear. Wow. Obviously not one of us. Um, We didn't hear it in the moment. But it's fascinating because we're walking into the medical ward and we've been hitting our elbows most of the night. (laughs) So when this thing is saying, just watch your arms, that Mm. to me is pretty cool. Um, Wow. yeah, it was pretty Look, interesting. Having been on the on
1: the North Carolina, I took my mom lives in North Carolina and is down okay. in moment. So, so you know, when she first moved there, one of the first things we did, of course, was go down and see the big boat. And uh, yeah, it's it's like it's because it's small, and you know, it's it's you're going to be bumping your elbows, you're going to be doing all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I've heard. A lot from, you know, about how haunted it is. So that's really cool to me.
2: Yeah. Well, and the history to me, if if you want to really learn the history of the ship, I I think we did a really good job with the documentary. It's on our website. Um, I mean, I've even had people contact us and say, I've been to the North Carolina so many times and I didn't really understand this history. And so I'm really proud of that. Um, And and even aside from the unexplained stuff that we captured, the history is really what is fascinating to me on that location. But um, all right. So back to your question so the next one um, this was at the grand old lady hotel in balsam North Carolina uh, this was a hotel that was built in 1908 it was part of the railroad system that went through balsam there um, and the hotel was established because there were springs in the area that were supposed to have some calming effects some healing effects some healing properties and so this grand three-story hotel was built it has two really cool staircases a hundred guest rooms grand ballrooms um, I-, I love this location in fact when when I win the lottery tonight, my next step is buying this location. Um, <laughs> so that's how much I love the grand old lady. So um- – we're we're in the location and it's Miranda and Jenny and I and we had the entire hotel to ourselves for a complete weekend. Um, so Miranda does her investigation on Friday night and Jenny and I do our investigation on Saturday night. But we're all on property for the entire weekend. That's okay, cool. yeah. So it was fascinating. So the last uh, Saturday night um, we'd completed our investigation, so we needed a room to sleep in, so we can choose from a hundred of them. Um, but we wanted to stay in this suite, uh, up on the third floor next to a hallway called Henry's hallway, which is reported to be the most haunted location in the building. Hmm. So the way the suite is configured, it's a, it's a two room suite. There's an interior room and then an outer room. And that outer room has the doorway that goes into the hallway. And so that's the only way to access the hallway. So Jenny and I are in the interior room in the queen beds there. And then Miranda is in the the outer room on her queen bed and she's closest to the door. So, For our investigation that night, we had a night vision video camera on the outside of the door in the hallway. We had a night vision video camera in the room so you can see Miranda sleeping and you can see the door. And so it's about three in the morning and we had just stopped. We had just started talking about packing up, you know, the next morning around 10 and where we're going to go get breakfast and leave and all of that. And so then we say goodnight and you hear us say goodnight and about 15 minutes later, a man on the outside of the door says, please don't go. It was so loud. Wow. and Miranda And we're laying there, and Miranda said, did y'all hear that? And I said, yes. And she said, what was that? And I said, there's a man standing outside our door. And she said, yeah, that's what I thought. And so that is one of those moments where your hearing gets very acute, You're waiting for the door to open. You're waiting for something to happen. Um, And nothing happened after that, so we all drift off to sleep. But that, to me, it was the loudest EVP that that we've ever heard. Everything that we had recording up in that hallway area captured that EVP. It was fascinating. Wow.
0: Wow. So you guys document all of these. You put these into uh, Mm -hmm. like a little movie form and then put them on your Mm -hmm. website. Is that what you guys do?
2: Yeah, so each one is anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. Um, Again, really telling the history, um, telling telling, uh, the audience kind of how we set up and what we did, and then bringing in all of the unexplained evidence that we captured, and then finishing it off with the historical part, how the history ends. That's awesome. Um, You know, for example, with the USS North Carolina, I I really put together a detailed history about the battleship, um, but then you got to finish it out, right? What happened to the battleship? How did it get to Wilmington? Why is it where it's at now? And who is responsible? And so that, again, to me, um, that's what I love to do. I love putting the history out there. That's
0: cool. Ships are interesting. We've had a few people Mm -hmm. on that have done investigations like the Queen Mary and some Mm -hmm. others. And there's something about i you know whatever it is the the steel, mm-hmm. the water, something uh mm-hmm. it's very, very, very interesting, um yeah, it really is, and that I mean, along with everything else, I mean, I think all this stuff is really quite interesting, but uh but ships, I don't know if it's like. The history, the war, uh, all of the Mm -hmm. heightened sense of awareness that must have taken place on that ship or Mm -hmm. at one point in time, maybe that helps to like imprint those things Mm -hmm. or I don't know. Do you have any thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Do you have any thoughts on how this happens?
2: You know, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, that imprint, if you will, I think that in some of these instances, that energy just, um, you know, permeates into the walls. Uh, Like, for example, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western West Virginia. You know, this was a a location that was built in 1864. It was in operation until 1994. And it was really built only for about 250 patients. It was to get that one on one care for people who had mental issues. Mm. By the closing in 1994, there was a over 2,500 people jammed into these rooms wow. and they were doing things like cold water bath treatments, lobotomy, shock therapy treatments. And I think that that, that, energy just permeates into the walls and so I think that's why we see locations that have residual hauntings yeah. right those footsteps that just continuously walk down a hallway or a scream that's heard um, you know that's that's repetitive in nature almost um, uh, to your point that 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 imprinting that permeation uh, I think something like the battleship you've got these to your point really highs but then you've got these lows right you've got um, bombardments happening right. you've got all of this energy is the torpedo going to hit us next yeah, are right. we gonna go down next and i just think that all of that energy is just on the walls and that's why there's so many things that happen yeah there.
0: yeah yeah wow yeah. damn Makes a
1: lot of sense
0: <laughs> so you were saying before are you in a location right now or mm-hmm. okay
2: can we I talk am. about that yeah, absolutely. So I am in the historic Scott County Jail in Scott County, Tennessee. So we're about 45 minutes uh, to an hour outside of Knoxville. Okay. Uh, this, so this was a small jail that was built in 1904. It was an operation as a jail until 2008. And we it, the, the history here is just fascinating. I mean, we've had everything from a sheriff being shot out, shot and killed right outside the front door in 1925. Wow. We've had seven um, inmates who were lynched from the jail. Um, mm. We've had natural deaths. We've had suicides. Uh, just... It runs the gambit of everything that can happen inside a jail has happened here. And um, so in 2008, it closed and it set vacant until 2017 when Scott County gave it to the town of Huntsville. Um, Huntsville did get a tourism grant to add some new windows and do some repainting, but they really didn't know what they wanted to do with it. So it set vacant from 2017 until 2021. In 2021, Miranda Young, my best friend and I, um, we approached the town of Huntsville and asked them if they would allow us to open what we call a true crime museum as well as a paranormal research center wow. and that's what we, that's what Very we've done cool. yeah Very so that's what we've done so by day uh, you can come in here you can read a lot of the crime stories from Scott County's history um, we have everything from um, you know some moonshine artifacts to uh, officers who've been killed in the line of duty we have their uniforms um, all different types of displays and articles here um, and then at night we have uh, nighttime tours but uh, we have paranormal investigators um, who can come in uh, and and we've had to date over 100 investigators who've come in here um, and really uh, investigated the location and it's, I gotta say, it's a hot little little activity. I was gonna say,
0: so now you have the ability to be involved with a place where you have a bunch of other people third parties coming in and investigating are they getting Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's the most compelling thing that you've gotten
2: Oh, well, aside from just the stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis, I mean, Miranda and I can be sitting here, and we'll hear something run up the back stairwell, and we're the only people in the building. Um, probably the most compelling thing, um, there's two. I'll give you an example of two of them. Um, last year, we had a team here called RKB Paranormal, and both of, there's two guys on this team, and they're both former corrections officers so you know they're big burly yeah burly guys and um not really a lot startles them and um so they were upstairs on the second floor and the funny story is they had just come down because one of us always stays on site either miranda or myself so they had just come down it was about one in the morning they'd come down and asked miranda they said we get the building till three right miranda's like yeah so they went back upstairs and they're on the second floor and they're asking questions and the the way the second floor is set up there's a there's three big cells that take up three corners and then the kitchen and then there's a foyer in the middle um so they're in the kitchen and they hear a woman say help In the foyer. And at the same time the woman says help, their REM pod and their EDI box starts going off. Mm. So the one guy grabs his camera and he pans it out into the foyer and he says hello. And about three beats later, boom, boom, boom. there's a picture that comes flying off the wall. It goes about four and a half feet because we're able to measure it based on our floor tiles. It goes about four and a half feet. And when you slow it down frame by frame, um, you can actually see a shadow arm coming out and pushing this, this picture it's, it's actually a very cool piece of evidence wow um, yeah so at that point they they ran downstairs and got miranda um so they tried for about 30 minutes to debunk it um and the way the only the only way the picture will fall because of gravity is straight down no matter what they did they could because if you watch it it almost does almost like a half loop and then falls oh, wow. um, th- unless unless there's something pushing it there's no way this picture makes this motion yeah, um yeah, yeah. so th- so they tried for about 30 minutes when i came back in the next morning to open for our day tours um i tried myself for about 30 to 45 minutes um i mean we were pulling open doors opening and closing windows to make sure there's no vacuum or right, suction right. that can cause this thing to go um hitting the walls to make sure that nothing happens. Uh, but these are solid concrete walls yeah. um yeah. and we we can't get it to fall anyway wow. like it did on the on the camera so it's pretty wild um and then the next piece of evidence that we captured, you can actually go to our Facebook page and see this. Um, this was two weeks ago. So we have a gift shop that's right across out this doorway, right across the foyer down here on the first floor. And we have a jail cat. Her name is Sally, and she's our little mascot. But she loves to go into our gift shop and lay on the merchandise. Yeah. And so get cat hair everywhere. Nobody wants to buy a T-shirt with cat hair, right? So we keep that door closed. And it, it was a former sell. So the door is a very big steel door that's designed to swing shut and stay shut. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we have a um, we have a security camera in the gift shop, and this happened at about 5:15 in the morning on a Thursday morning. You the the camera picks up the door opening, and then it shuts, and then it opens a little bit further, and then it shuts, and then it opens over halfway, and something shoves in Sally and slams the door behind her.
0: Oh my. Um.
2: Yeah, and if you listen, you can actually hear a man's voice saying what's in there right before the cat gets shoved in. And um, so once the door is shut, it doesn't open again. Um, and she she's meowing and wailing for, you know, an hour wow. um, trying to get out. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that, that happened. It's Dang. on our Facebook page. You can actually wow. see this it. pretty well.
0: That's <laughs> crazy. Okay, so how can people get in touch with you and, and – And what other stuff are you working on? Anything you want to plug that we haven't talked about?
2: Sure. Um, so my team name is soul sisters, paranormal, and, uh, you can visit us at our website at www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We're also very active on Facebook under soul sisters, paranormal, and we have a YouTube channel called soul sisters, paranormal. So anything you want to know about us, you can look at our website. Um, all of the videos that we do are on the website as well under the video page. Um, and so we are actually going on an investigation in, uh, in Pennsylvania, um, in, in uh, four weeks, we'll be at Haunted Hillview Manor, so we'll be up there conducting an Where's investigation. That? Where's that at? Um, uh, darn it. I knew the name until you asked That's me. all good. It's all it, good. Because it, yeah, it, <laughs> my, my, uh, my twin and I are actually going up to Twinsburg, Ohio for okay. the Twinsburg Festival. Right, right. So it's about 45 minutes outside of okay. Twinsburg. Oh, okay. But so I, I can't think of the name so of the town right now. But
0: you'd be on the west
2: Right. Yeah, west, it's on the west side. West of, uh,
0: okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool.
2: Um, and what's very cool about that is we're actually taking a couple other sets of twins with us. And so we're going to do some twin experiments nice. uh, at that nice. location. That they're awesome. not investigators. They're just some friends that we know that happen to be twins as well. Cool. Um, so they'll be going with us. So that's in the works. Um, and then we've got some other things that are they're that happening throughout the rest of the year. Um, and now on the Historic Scott County Jail side, we are the Historic Scott County Jail. Um, our website is www dot historic scott co-jail.com and uh, again we're also very active on Facebook under Historic Scott County Jail so if you want to book an investigation you can just go to that website and, and book an investigation here. Uh, we have a lot of things going on. Um, we've got nighttime tours, we've got investigations lined up throughout the rest of the year um, wow. we're actually going to be at the Getty's Battle, Battlefield Bash this coming weekend so we'll be representing um, the, the Historic Scott County Jail there. Nice. Uh, we actually just partnered with Victor. Uh, Victorian village that's about twenty minutes from here called Rugby. Okay. Um, so we are now responsible for doing all of their after dark activities, flashlight oh. tours, guided ghost times, paranormal investigations. So we have a lot of stuff that's going no on kidding. here at the historic Scott County. Church.
0: Good for you. That's that awesome. so that's yeah. so cool, man. Yeah. Well, uh I mean we'd love to have you back because I think Absolutely. I mean, you'd have you got so many stories that it's incredible. I think that people mm-hmm. are really gonna dig this, man. It's it's been great a great conversation.
2: It has been a lot of fun. I thank you both for having me on today. Hey,
1: one thing before you go, uh, (laughs) and this is again, going back to the twin thing. Um, (laughs) Have you and your twin, did, did you ever dress up like the uh, little girls from The Shining for Halloween?
0: <laughs>
2: we did not. We did not do that. It would have been a lot of fun. I well, um, you, you, you mean, look, you
1: still can do
2: that. <laughs> you
0: know. We could, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> why you
1: should go to the twin, co- twin thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would be really funny. You know, the cool thing about Twinsburg is, is this is the, uh, the 49th. Uh, anniversary of Twinsburg in Twinsburg, Ohio, and they have something like four thousand sets of twins every wow. year that des- descend on Twinsburg. It's pretty wild, uh, wow. but they have a theme every year. So this year it's uh, it's pirates shiver me Twinsburg. Um, <laughs> that's what nice. it's called. Um, nice. So we've got to go as pirates. That's, so that's cool, what we Fair
1: enough.
2: It's fun. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
0: I, I didn't know yeah. such a thing existed, but that makes total sense. it's really cool.
2: Yeah, um, so we'll be doing that, and uh, but no, we've not dressed up like The Shinings
0: We'll give it some <laughs> give it some thought. Maybe Halloween's coming yeah, up, yeah, so you know. Never... Yeah,
1: just saying,
0: that cool. out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome, Christy. Thank you awesome, so much Christy, for hanging yes.
2: out. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Hey,
0: you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store.
1: Our merch store.
0: I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch?
1: Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story
0: merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash Story dot myspreadshop dot com. That's what's dash your spelled y
1: e r dash weird dash story dot dot com.
0: That's correct. Get in touch with us. Go buy some merch. We got some cool stuff. Yeah, dude.
1: And you know what? If any of our listeners out there have some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt, get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen.
0: Well, she had some cool stories and what a, you know, all these places that she's talking about. I know she's. I'd love to have her back. I know you would too, because there's definitely, so many definitely. things that we need to talk about. But, you know, I am so just interested in talking to people that are into getting out there and doing their own research. I love her angle on the research. She, yes. they, they don't, they're very science-based as far as, like, facts. We need facts. We need to maybe not fall into, you know, being, you know, Persuaded by their own feelings about things. I, I think that it was a really, really nice uh, angle on that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, you know, <clears throat> observation is a, it's a good tool, but, you know, doing the research beforehand, doing yeah, the historical right. research into their projects, I think really gives them strength. It gives them uh, a lot of backbone to build off of. Yeah. To, and to, like, you know, Interpret their observations, right? Uh, as we as we discussed before, and you know, her team being you know the the Soul Sisters paranormal, uh, being you know uh, the majority of it family, but all of the women. Um, I think that that female energy that they bring to those situations. I think it's you know I think there's probably. I don't know if it's something that like maybe it activates, um, you know the 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 uh, the occurrences, you yeah. know, or if it's something that affects the the, the situation, um, you know because like she said they bring in empathy to it, but they also bring you know there's so many you know motherhood and you know like typically you know. Uh, Was whereas, whereas opposed to where you know so many of the dude ghost hunting dudes go out and antagonize, whereas they go in and they're respectful and they're just like carry on like yeah. normal, and then has everything recording in the background and stuff like that, you know. But I wonder if there is there's some kind of you know, I hate to use the term magic because it's you know all the connotations, but it's a good catch-all for what I'm trying to say. If there's some kind of energy, some kind of magic some kind of thing that happens because it's all women, because, like, you know, we, like in, I don't want to, again, like in a coven, you know, where it's all women. Right, right. Uh, Well, in most of them, you know, how that affects, uh, you know, the energies uh, because yeah. they're all, you know,
0: No, I think ladies. so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, man, that makes sense. I think there's something to that for sure. Uh, also, their ability to sort of, like, You know, that whole thing that you were saying before about offering, you know, like, like things to, to people that have been in Mm -hmm. a place for a long time, being able to present them with something that they may be drawn to, you know, the cigarettes or whatever it is. Like, I would never think of that kind of stuff. Like, that would just never occur to me. And I think that that's really interesting, man. It's like, if you start thinking about things in that way, um... I mean, that's how you would treat a human being, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was really cool. And yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And I mean, well, it's it's the way you would treat a human being if you want to have a good interaction. Right. You know, you, you make off, you, offerings, gifts, um, you know, it's peaceful. It's, right. you know, more of a... Uh, you know, it's it's not hostile by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not aggressive. Again, not right. aggressive. So that it's that energy that you bring into a situation. If you go into a situation and you're already, you know, you're being aggressive, or someone's being aggressive toward you, hostile. That uh, that situation is going to be. You know, the, the, the intensity and the emotion that of that situation obviously is radically different and it's going to have a different outcome. It's yeah. going to have a different energy than it would be with just being, you know, being cool and chill and everybody just have just relaxing and trying to interact and appreciate yeah. and understand,
0: Absolutely. you know.
1: And that is something, my friends, that we need to bring to our everyday lives with the living uh
0: you know, absolutely but, uh,
1: I'll step off my
0: so no absolutely for
1: just a second there but uh, yep. you know I mean it's a good approach it's a good approach to life but anyway, Christy.
0: Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a great time. Look forward to having her come back. She's got lots of stuff to talk about. Many, many places that she's gone to that we would love to to talk about. And we would love to talk to you. We would love to bring you on. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear anything weird, out of the norm. Or maybe it is your norm. Maybe it's your norm and it's not everyone's norm. Uh, We want to we would love to have you on. We want to hear your stories come on share with us and be a part of weirdsville
1: absolutely thank you for always being a part of weirdsville and if this is your first time in weirdsville uh thank you for joining us we hope that you stay with us and uh you know uh we appreciate you being here and we uh we love you guys and you are what makes uh this the best thing that we do uh every week and, uh, we hope it's one of those top places, top things in your weekly, uh, week. <laughs>
0: so. Absolutely. Absolutely. All
1: right, well, Thank you very much. We will catch you next time. Uh, until then be safe,
0: be weird. As always,
1: if you have a weird story, we want to hear it.